Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 57th episode of the Diverse Minds Podcast. And on today's episode, as part of my trilogy for Self-Care September, I'm going to be talking about assertiveness and setting boundaries and how it can help us on our journey for our self-care in terms of our mental, physical and social well-being. I've decided to make an episode on this topic as often I think it's the way in which we want to manage our lives, but for whatever reason we don't feel we can, that often stops us from looking after ourselves. And it also relates to our cultural and personal backgrounds and how you have been raised and how assertiveness and fulfilling your own needs has been talked about and framed. So I know in some cultures, and if you listen to last week's episode with Rupinda Kaur, we talked about this in relation to South Asian women, we're often told to not express our needs and to put other people first. And as a result, our self-care suffers. Now, you may be listening to this and thinking, that's not me at all, and that's brilliant. But it also might be a case that you are very forthright and don't think about other people. And yes, maybe your self-care is at the forefront, but actually you're not looking after your relationships and things then become difficult and therefore your self-care is impacted there as well. And it is difficult to make time for ourselves when we're so stretched. So I think one of the things is by being assertive and managing our boundaries, we can do this, we can replenish our cup and we can have more time for positive relationships and doing the things perhaps that we don't necessarily want to do, but we have to do with more energy, knowing that we've been really forthright about our needs. And essentially, assertiveness is a way of communicating that expresses your needs, opinions and emotions, while also, and this is really important, respecting others' rights and needs too. Now, it's crucial to say that even if we are assertive in a situation, we may not always get what we need. However, we are less likely to walk away feeling frustrated as we have communicated in the best way possible. The environments we work in can make it more challenging to be assertive, but we can plan and be mindful during exchanges and conversations to minimise conflict and maximise open dialogue. And this is the thing, because conflict, and if we feel we don't have any control, so it could be healthy conflict, but in unhealthy conflict, where we might feel put upon and we don't feel we have any control, this is likely to impact our mental health in a negative way. So for this episode, I just wanted to share with you some tools and techniques around assertiveness to help you with your self-care journey. And one of the first things I would say is how you plan the outcome. Deciding what an ideal outcome is before you go ahead with a conversation. Now, what exactly do I mean by this? So I'd like to start by asking you three key questions. Firstly, what are the situations you encounter in relation to your life that make you wish that you were more assertive? The second one, think about how your family dealt with conflict. Do you think conflict was dealt with in a healthy way? Or was it brushed under the carpet and avoided? Or was it dealt with in a very high conflict fashion where people would scream and shout at each other? Or was it dealt with in a way where people talked about their emotions, what wasn't ideal and what they wanted to do? Or was it a mixture of all three depending on the context? And thirdly, as I mentioned earlier, what were you told about your needs and fulfilling them, whether that was explicitly or more likely explicitly? 
So the thing about being assertive is that it's underpinned by a belief in yourself, that you are in control, that you are in charge of your outward behavior and dissecting your emotions, that thirdly, you can adapt, and finally, that you can achieve. So as I said, one of the first things to think about is in which context you wish you were more assertive. And what you might need to do is think about planning the outcome. So be clear in your own mind, what will enable you to plan what to say and how to deliver the message that you need to deliver. And let me share some examples with you. So it could be around the fact that maybe your manager or someone you work with has told you at 4.50 that you need to complete a task by seven o'clock that evening and you can't because you've got a commitment, because you've got caring responsibilities, because you don't feel it's right that it was given to you at such short notice. So there very there are quite a few ways that you could communicate this. The first one being basic assertion. So using I statements, this is saying how you feel. So for example, I have to stop work at five o'clock and you might want to repeat that. Or I'm pleased with our work plan and I won't be able to do that at seven o'clock. The second one would be around disclosure. So you could say something like, well, I feel guilty for focusing on this piece of work when I need to spend time with my child and they've just come back from school. Or you could even say, I feel quite annoyed that more work's been given to me so late in the day, so I don't feel I'm able to spend time on it. And with disclosure, you are talking about your emotions and feelings, so it might be difficult, and it also, you might feel that maybe in your particular work context, um, this isn't a particularly good approach. The other thing I wanted to mention about assertiveness is you might find it easier to be assertive in the workplace versus the home space. But for others, it will be easier to be assertive in the home space than the workspace. And you might like to think about that. So the third way of being assertive is called empathetic assertion. And this is understanding the other person's feelings and vocalizing that. So for example, I appreciate that you need this piece of work done. However, it's not possible this evening. Or I recognize that it's difficult to understand that I'm a carer. However, I will need to stop working at five o'clock this evening. Then the fourth technique is consequence assertion. So you're giving someone a consequence. And this might sound a bit combative, but you might have tried other things. And this is what you decide to use. So this is about what the consequences might be if someone does something you're not really prepared to put up with anymore. So for example, I'm not prepared to be put in a position where I'm given work at the 11th hour when no other team member is. I need the same time to prepare work and plan my work as others. Or I appreciate that you need this piece of work done. However, I'm not prepared to be put in a situation where I feel under pressure, unduly under pressure, when there is enough time to communicate this with me previously. How does that sit with you? You might like one technique more than the others. Then there's discrepancy assertion. So if someone changes the goalposts or they're moving things around quite a lot, Something like, as I understand it, we agreed that Project X was the focus and priority. Now you're asking me to give more time to Y. I'd really like to clarify and identify which one is now the priority. So you're being assertive and you're also asking the other person to give you some guidance and ask them why they've moved the goalposts without actually saying why in an accusatory manner. Then there's negative feelings assertion, and this is used when you're experiencing very negative feelings towards another person. That could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be hurt, etc. But in a controlled and calm way, you draw attention to the undesirable effect another person's behaviour is having on you. And this allows you to deal with the feelings without making an uncontrolled outburst and alerts the other person to the effects of their actions on you. And there are four steps to negative assertion. So firstly, you want to describe the other person's behavior objectively. 
And this can be really tricky because we all have our own sensations and it also might be that something similar has happened in the past and it's very triggering. But you have to try and do this without interpreting or judging and I'll give you an example. Then what you want to do is describe the impact of the person's behaviour on you by being really specific and clear. Then you want to describe your feelings so that links back to the disclosure assertion and state how you would prefer the behaviour to be different in the future. So an example for the workplace could be When you continually interrupt me when I'm working or when you continually ask me to come on Zoom calls when I've got my work plan, um, it means I have to start all over again or I'm put back. I feel very irritated as I have to replan my work. So I'd really prefer it if we could just have a quick phone call once a week and I'm not left to then be on endless video calls all day long. So the way forward I would suggest is that on Tuesdays from 9 till 11, we'll put some time in the diary and we can use it as required. Otherwise, I'm really concerned that I won't meet my deadlines and that is my focus right now. Now, I also realise as I'm saying this, I haven't got someone in front of me at the moment and I haven't got the emotions that might go with having a negative relationship or a difficult relationship with someone. And this is the thing. So you might like to decide on what exactly you want to focus on. And another thing you could try is the broken record technique. So this is the seventh technique I wanted to talk to you about. And this is just great for saying no and sticking to it. And kids are particularly good at this. So they just repeat one line. So, oh, mum, dad, can we go this? Can we go here? Can we do this? Can we do that? And they will just repeat and repeat and repeat and grind you down. So it might be a case of you saying, I'm not able to stay late at work and do this work for seven o'clock. I'm not able to stay late at work this evening and do the work for seven o'clock until you feel heard. So pick one technique that really resonates with you and think about how you might to use it. You might also like to keep a logbook or diary to keep track of which technique you're using in the home or in the work zone and how it's helping you and which techniques most effective and which techniques enabling you to create more time for yourself and set boundaries so you can look after your mental, physical and social well-being. So that can all fit into planning the outcome. The other thing is about, you know, make sure that you're as specific and concise as possible. Make your points calmly and as soon as you can. You want to reduce waffling, getting sidetracked, embellishing or apologising. And don't lose sight of that ideal outcome that you have in your mind. Thirdly, it's really key to acknowledge what others say. Show that you're interested um, through your body language and active listening. Again, I know this is more difficult in remote environments, but refer back to what they've said. Use their words and phrases to reflect back how they are feeling. And actually, that might really give them an opportunity to have a light bulb moment. Then you want to try and empathise and connect if and where you can. It's not about sympathy or feeling bad or making yourself um, apologise for what you need, but an understanding of someone's concerns. So going back to that empathetic assertion, I realise you find this difficult. I understand that you needed this work at seven o'clock, but I'm not in a position to do this and I really have caring responsibilities that are my priority. It's also important to not say things like, yes, I know how you feel. I was in the situation and I did this because this devalues someone's experience, even though you might feel tempted to. It also means that you can interrupt and you're not creating that connection. Remember the broken record? Well, repeat yourselves a few times if you have to in order to be heard. But try and do this in a calm and polite way. And this is really useful, as I mentioned, if someone doesn't seem to be responding to your point. And don't forget, it's really powerful to take responsibility of your feelings. It might seem overwhelming, but that disclosure assertion again. 
You could even say something like, I'm concerned that you think I don't want to do the project or don't want to take on more work. And I want to help you ensure that we can deliver the project and I will get this work done. It's just that tonight, it's not the right time. Or I feel disappointed that this was communicated with me so late in the day. If it was urgent and you told me at nine o'clock, I would have been able to get it done for you today. And then it's about finding that workable solution. So hopefully you can find a workable solution. But if you can't or your feedback isn't heard as you wanted it to be, seek an alternative solution that could work for both parties. The idea, and I know this isn't an ideal world, but is for both parties to leave the meeting with a sense of achievement and to feel that you can both enjoy a productive working relationship. So if what I've said has resonated with you today, and I really hope it has, don't forget one of the modules that's covered in the Mentally Healthy Professional. It's an online course for £57 and we cover assertiveness and setting boundaries in more details. The course covers the current picture for you in prioritisation in relation to your work-life balance, productivity, resilience and recovery. Module 3 is all about assertiveness and setting boundaries. And in Module 4, you put it together. And if you decide to purchase the programme for £57, you have access to the materials for a whole year. And I've also thrown into this course online coaching calls where we can talk about this and you can get the support you need and you don't feel that you have to do it alone. So I really hope this has been helpful for you. And remember, think about the outcome. Be realistic and it's okay if you don't get it right first time. Think about someone that you might like to practice with. Decide on which of the assertiveness techniques sits better with you. Reflect on your background and culture and how this plays into how assertive you are or aren't. And that also includes aggression. Because this can really help you understand any barriers that you have and what you want to take forward. Where is it easier for you to be assertive, in the work or the home space? And can you plan a conversation and practice with someone before maybe necessarily going into the actual full conversation if you feel uncomfortable? And also think about how this is going to positively impact on your self-care. How is this going to benefit? So what's the benefits of not doing anything, of not changing your communication style? What might you give up? And what's the benefits of making some changes, even if it doesn't go as well as you want it to? And I really hope you found this useful. And don't forget my online course, The Mentally Healthy Professional, if you want to know more. And if you're unsure if the course is right for you, then don't forget to get in touch and book a free 30-minute call with me to find out more and see where I can help. You may also like to consider my coaching packages and within six sessions of coaching, we can talk about assertiveness as part of your coaching outcomes and goals. So self-care September might be coming to a close, but self-care is something that we need to think about throughout the year. Go back and have a listen to the other elements of self-care September. I really hope they've resonated with you. And I'll see you in the next episode because October is dedicated to Black History Month and we're going to be talking mental health, black culture, and inclusion. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.